Welcome to BFC Live, the daily video and podcast series of Business of Cannabis. BFC Live highlights the company's brands, people, and trends driving the global cannabis sector. Learn more at businessofcannabis.ca. Our guest today on BFC Live is David Wasserman. He's an associate consultant with the CanDelta team, the official regulatory advisory of Business of Cannabis, talking about is this still an okay time to think about opening a cannabis retail store? Good morning, David Wasserman from CanDelta. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Good. This is your first time on B of C Live. Welcome on a uh, Tuesday morning after a long weekend here in Ontario. Uh, I will say that it's a good morning because the kids are back at school. Yeah, always good when that happens. <laughs> Thank it's, you for never, having me. It's really it's better than them being uh, behind this wall. Uh, grade one happening. So uh, uh, thank you for being here. Obviously, you're with the Can Delta team. We like to connect with the Can Delta team um, a lot because there's always a lot happening. And on the regulatory side, um, you guys are the experts and science too. Um, I wanted to check in with you today about cannabis retail, maybe even specifically in Ontario, and a question we are getting asked a lot in our sort of retail focus and what we're doing. And that is, is it too late to become a cannabis retailer? What what do you say to those people, David Wasserman? Well, as a short answer, no, there's there's plenty of room. Um, right now, we have not yet uh, even close to hit capacity. Uh, in Ontario, there's still lots of room. They're saying um, that basically the carrying capacity for retail stores is about 14, 1500 in the province. And we just hit the milestone of 420, right. uh, which they've been uh, spreading this week. A good number for the just, industry. <laughs> I love it when the government like makes like makes 420 cracks or like gives you a how to yeah. of like how to use hash and it's coming from a government source. I just think it's it's really a great time to be alive. Oh yeah. Would have never anticipated this. Maybe yeah. even 10 years ago. <laughs> right. Or even three years ago. And even when the OCS sort of launched, like they weren't doing like how-to guides um, or, or what it meant. It was just, you know, it was just flower, right? At that point. Um, but but so so not too late. But do, do mm -hmm. you have a sense of like, I, I know maybe a couple months ago, um, the Ontario Cannabis Store came out with a graph that said, you know, legal sales are going up, illicit sales are going down. Like it, that seems to be a, a good trend for retailers, obviously, or maybe that is because of the retailers. Well, I think it's it's for both. So the, the first thing is, well, uh, when they first legalized uh, recreational cannabis uh, in Canada, people were a little skeptical. They're, they're used to, you know, I've always gotten it from my guy. Um, what's the government stuff going to be like? Is it going to be as good? Um, is it going to be as accessible? Or as, am I going to be logged in some government book somewhere? Uh, but people's opinions have changed. And in fact, as of uh, quite recently, as of uh, Q3 of 2020, actually, as uh, you'll see over here, the amount that Canadians are spending on legal recreational cannabis has actually surpassed that the illicit uh, recreational cannabis. So it's about 52% of the market right now is legal sales. Um, where, you know, back when uh, cannabis was first legalized for recreational use, uh, August, uh, sorry, October 17th, 2018, wasn't zero. that far, uh, yeah, it wasn't that long ago, uh, it was 0%. Right. So to go from zero to over half in, you know, just under two years is pretty amazing. 
Yeah, it's a lot of, uh, I used to work in sort of uh, behavior change, right? Like in marketing campaigns and how do you get people to change their behavior? It's mm-hmm. never fast. It, it's generally slower than you think it's going to be, but it does happen. And, and all the things you said, it's it's about perception and quality and comfort level doing it. And and, and also, um, you know, I think the, the introduction of new products uh, certainly helped um, last year and sort of thinking about what products would be on the shelves and 2.0 products and all that. And like, do you have a mm-hmm. sense of the relative cost of like, not, not necessarily the new products, but like a lot of the knock against the legal market was that it was more expensive when it came out, right? And like, how, do, you have, do you have a sense of sort of, I guess, average price per gram, which is something we measure a lot, but like, is, is, that, mm-hmm. what, is that also another factor driving behavior, which is net good for retailers who are opening up? Right. Well, uh, yes, I, I believe it is. So again, if, if you look over here, um, this is data that was released from the OCS. So this is Ontario. Uh, so we modified this this graph from them. But when uh, you know back in you know Q1 2019, you could see uh, the illicit price, which has been pretty stable at about eight dollars a gram, uh, was much cheaper. Um, the red line over here, you could see is the OCS. They were up at just over $10 and uh, the retail stores were at 12. Um, but as, as of Q1 of 2020, uh, the OCS has actually been selling per gram cheaper than the illicit market. Um, and the uh, retail stores are on a trend and they're thinking by the end of 2021, they'll actually be below the illicit price as well. So the price has come down. And there are less and less reasons to not buy legal cannabis. Um, if you look at, well, you, you said the 2.0 products and even some of the 3.0 that will be coming out, uh, the technology that these companies are putting into their products is truly amazing. Yeah. Uh, recently, you know, just all the new concentrates that, you know, back in the day in the illicit, you were lucky to get, you know, maybe get some hash, maybe you could get some, uh, you know, other concentrates, but now, you have a wide variety and selection that you never had before. I have a wide variety and selection on my desk, my desk right here. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it, it, so, I, like, there's. It seems to me that what you're saying, like, there's there's mm-hmm. many trend lines going the right direction for folks to open retail. Talk a little bit about um, where we are in that process, because we often talk about like the news from the AGCO was like we're going to approve 960 in 2021, there's going to be this mad rush and people who are living in Toronto are like, and, and we've seen a bunch of stories in, you know, now Toronto and a whole bunch of others, like not in my neighborhood, not in my neighborhood, but this is a vast province and most of the province has zero stores. Um, so like mm-hmm. the density of that is really what is about to happen even outside of Toronto. And I think, well, I want to get your sense is like, is that where you're seeing lots of opportunity for folks to like stake a claim in a piece of land, not whether it's in Toronto or somewhere else that is just underserved and like grab up that market share? Oh, definitely. Um, So uh, even within Toronto where, you know, you do have some places where you have stores very close to each other, um, the stores are still doing pretty well. Like there is a market for it. Uh, but yeah, as more and more uh, cities open up and you know more uh, municipalities choose to opt in, the opportunities are are there. Uh, there's these markets that you know are just begging to have a local source uh, from you know to to go in and have a retail store that they just don't have. So yeah, a, a lot of small towns too, they're they're ripe for the picking. 
Yeah, no, I, be I believe it. And, and even nuggets or, or nuggets, that's funny, or, or little uh, nooks and crannies of the city as well. Can, let me ask you a question. Do you have a sense of like in Ontario, like the breakdown of like this many people are buying from the Ontario cannabis store, aggregate dollars, this many people are buying from their retailer, whether it's down the street or delivery. Like, is there is there a breakdown like that, that the OCS puts out that like tells us that not everybody's buying from the OCS, even though it feels that way? There is, yeah. So um, here, I actually recompiled some of their data oh, good. that you, you could see here. Um, but overall, about even though retail stores uh, per gram are selling it about two, three dollars more than the OCS, about eighty-five percent of the recreational sales in Ontario are uh, to the retail stores. So people don't care. That's a little bit more expensive. Um, the benefits of your local retail store just outweigh that, um, especially uh, if you look at the number of SKUs that are now available, the number of different products. There, there's over 1,100 in Ontario on the OCS, and it's similar in other provinces. And you know, even somebody who is a veteran of cannabis who's been using it for years, they they come in and they're pretty lost. They have no idea what to do with all these different options and especially with all these new products. And then you look at people who are newcomers who, you know, maybe aren't as experienced with cannabis or maybe just starting out and they have no idea. They just, especially when you go on the OCS website, you just see skews and skews and it's just yeah. too much choice. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, it's like a, um, and this is by design. I mean, they have all the SKUs, right? So they are, it's sort of an antiseptic environment where you can just, you have to find your own thing. Whereas all the retailers have mm. really interesting approaches, whether even it's online of sort of curating products, but certainly when they have been open or even when you contact them by email or some other way, it is that sort of touch point that is super valuable. And obviously people are finding it valuable just based on the, the breakdown of sales between the OCS and the retailers, which actually brings us back to something that we've talked to folks in the Kent Delta team about a lot. Mm which is that interaction between the store and the customer, especially with new customers. Like, how do you actually train that? So much is riding on that bud tender interaction. It's right. really amazing. Uh, and I think as, you know, we're at what, 1100 SKUs, I think you said, like as more come out, it just becomes more important. Like it, the emphasis on this bud mm -hmm. tender um, experience and training and like the personal touch is like absolutely key to success. Oh, definitely. Like, yeah, your, your secret weapon is your bud tenders. It's your customer service that's going to keep people coming back. Um, you know, people come for the experience. Um, at the same time, you can't make all these medical claims. There's lots of things you can't say. And, you know, you can't induce people uh, to come in and to walk out with more than they expected to buy. Um, so actually, going to briefly plug, we, we do at Ken Delta have a smart tending training where we, we do offer some of this, uh, where we teach bud tenders, you know, what you can and can't say, uh, as well as a lot of the regulatory stuff and some tips of basically how to connect with your customers. Um, you can find out more information on our website. Uh, I won't try to advertise too much to that. But, okay, but, there's but, going to be a link when we post it, <laughs> you know, when, the, when it's on our website anyway. No, but, but, but it's it, it, like... It, and it's fine. Like there, this is, you know, a lot of the retailers of that, the next six or 700 that are coming online, many of them are new to the business. Right. Many of them are new to retail. Some of them are new to cannabis. Some of them are, are new to cannabis retail um, and like understanding all the nuance of this, but also it's, it's difficult to overstate uh, the importance of 
of that of that bud tender interaction, similar to going into a store. I mean, I've heard someone describe it um, uh, as like going into David's Tea when David's Tea was around. There's like so many teas, you have no idea what you want, but that's mm -hmm. why the interaction with David's Tea was so important because I want caffeinated or not. I like this flavor versus that flavor. This is what I want, how I want to feel. Like all those things, people just don't know. And that is, that is the uh, challenge right of the buying experience but that is of course the opportunity for retailers which is where you guys come in definitely yeah um again choice is great and again even five years ago who would think uh of a legal variety you would have this much different types of cannabis this all this variety available you know with the illicit market it's you can have this one or this one or this one maybe if you're lucky <laughs> right right, right. Uh, so I, I i this has been a great conversation and thank you for sharing that that data and insights because i think oh, yeah. that's you know those trend lines are going in the right direction the trend lines even as we roll out the next or six seven hundred stores like even all that taken into account the, the numbers of people buying the, the relative dollars they're spending on where they're buying it, how they're buying it, what they're buying, all those things, the trend lines are in the right direction. And, uh, yeah. you know, there's lots to learn and lots to do, but the opportunity uh, from your perspective, and I think mine too, is, is it still there for retailers? Yeah, there's plenty of room to grow. And uh, yeah, we hope we're only at 52% of the market. That's right. uh, the, or just halfway there. <laughs> and I'm not sure we'll ever get to 100. I mean, I'm not even sure in places no. like Colorado certainly hasn't, but but the closer we get, uh, you know, the, the, that number will move up from 52%, the more stores there are. The more stores there are, the more market share there exactly. is because it's the ease of access, the cost and all that. Um, that exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, David Wasserman, this has been great. A great first touch uh, for your first oh, time on you. BMC yeah. Live, and we appreciate you having. We also appreciate your microphone, your backdrop. We'd like to give props to anybody who's given thought to it, uh, aside from us in our basement. So um, thank you, David Wasserman from the Can Delta team. We will connect with you down the road, and thanks for sharing today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Our work is made possible with the ongoing support of our official partners, including Cannabis at Work, Cannabis Benchmarks, Can Delta, Gallagher, and Torque and Mains.